0: I have Felix Martin Del Campo with me today. Uncle Felix, as my husband calls him. And I am privileged to know you because of Edward, but I want to introduce you to the audience. Invited in is for the staff and families and donors of Samaritan's Purse, the faithful followers and the faithful servants. So um, I just want them to be able to hear your heart and get to know you. You are a longtime board member who has traveled all over and seen the ministry. Yeah. So, Felix, I would love to start. How did you meet Franklin, and when did your friendship begin?
1: Okay, I, I was, um, I met Danny Agajanian, who's Dennis's twin brother. Okay, and then Dennis introduced me to Franklin. I mean, to uh, to Dennis. Mm-hmm. Danny introduced me to Dennis, mm-hmm. and uh, and Dennis was going to have Franklin up at Hume Lake in California, and he mm-hmm. had me come up, and I met Franklin. Well, when I met Franklin. Uh, We started talking about uh, mutual uh, hobbies and interests and um, uh, guns and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And we we just found out that we were on the same page, and we just hit it off from day one. Mm -hmm. And so we had a great relationship. And um, so um, we became friends. And then he was interested, um, uh, he said... Anybody that likes guns uh, and who's a dentist, that's the kind of dentist I want to go to. <laughs> so he, he came to me for a specialized uh, procedure. He mm. wanted to go, he liked, uh, he wanted to know what the best material is. And I said, gold inlays. And at mm. the time, we, we I, I, he came in as a patient to get uh, dentistry done. So, that's, so I got to even know him more through that. And then there was um, later on in... Uh, uh, a few years later, when he um, asked me uh, to be on the board, and uh, I, I, you know, to tell you the truth, I think there was a uh, uh, politically speaking at different times in our um, uh, political history. There's uh, pressure from different groups because I got, a, I got about the same time I got asked to be on another board specifically because. Uh, uh, different um, um, oversighting committees. Uh, don't forget we're a nonprofit organization. Uh, you get criticism if your board was not diverse. Hmm. And so here in, uh, uh, I was asked to be on a couple of boards because of my uh, Mexican descent background. Hmm. So, But, which is fine. I'm happy to tell people that because Mm. in the providence of God, I see how God used my Mm. upbringing, even my background, uh, ethnic background even, for his benefit. Mm. I didn't ask, but it was something at the time that was being used uh, to to, uh, put me in different positions on different boards. And there was a similar thing that was taking place at that time, even with Samaritan's Purse, these accrediting committees and boards or whatever that evaluate things so anyway i'm happy to say if somebody might want to say well you mean you're a token person on the board i said well fine uh, got i saw where paul pulled out the the race card many times but mm-hmm. uh, he let him know that he was a a roman citizen
2: mm-hmm. and
1: you not you shouldn't be whipping people like that mm-hmm. so he he was able to use that to his benefit so anyway uh that's just one part of it that um so I got on the board, but, uh, when I got on the board, I've always wanted to be a board member that took it seriously. I loved mm-hmm. it. I loved the program. I loved the ministry and I wanted to serve God. Um, so I wanted to get into it. And because I was, I'm a dentist and we had world medical missions that, mm-hmm. that, uh, sub group of Samaritan's purse that was doing missionary work. I went out and started doing, uh, dentistry at different parts of the world um it was interesting dentistry is um uh we went to providenia which is in eastern russia i remember we went there and and we uh we had dicks we had a neurosurgeon we had a general Mm -hmm. surgeon and a dentist and we were asking what what it is uh your need here and uh to my surprise they said we we don't care about the Neurosurgeon or the general surgery. We want help in dentistry. Hmm. So uh, I was asked to go uh, go to work. So
2: hmm.
1: I went back a few times to Providenia, which is um, hmm. uh, way on the east side. We would fly into Anchorage, then to Nome, and then fly over the Bering Straits, and we would be in Providenia, and that's where I first did my first work with Samaritan's Purse. So then from there I went to I, I remember going to Vietnam. I, I've been to many places. I've been to Jordan, Lebanon, Iraq, uh, North Korea. Yeah. Again, we went to North Korea. And we, we had a neurosurgeon, a general surgeon, and uh, we got to meet and would, would be the, uh, um, well, they're, they're high government hmm. level. Uh, it was a big conference table, and we asked what, what their needs were there, and they, they let us know that their need was in dentistry,
2: hmm.
1: which is so strange to me. Uh, and I, I just see the providence of God, how huh, God? <laughs> I mean, you have some high-powered general surgeons and neurosurgeons that they could pick and ask for help in th- those areas, but they asked for help in dentistry. <laughs> right. So I, I did go to North Korea about eight times and wow. got to uh, help develop a... Uh, a clinic. We, we built a mobile clinic for them also. So we did a lot of work in North Korea. Uh, and it was much needed work. So we were able to uh, serve there. So that was kind of neat. And then in 19, uh, 2005, Franklin did a crusade in Moldova. And I think he was touched by the poverty of that country, the probably the poorest country in Eastern Europe. And he sent a little uh, exploratory team Again to Moldova to ask what their needs were, and and Dick Furman was there and Ed, Ed Morrow, and they again they said we, we would like help in dentistry, mm-hmm. so they asked me to come, and I I took a portable uh, complete setup to do portable dentistry, and we had a host church in Moldova, so I've been going to Moldova Moldova every year for uh, since two thousand five, uh, in Moldova the. Um, host church uh the pastor there he takes me to his father planted about 20 churches throughout the whole country of moldova and they're all small little um village churches and when i go to the village uh we go to the church and um they they don't have running water hmm. they have outdoor plumbing it's poor and uh, so we set up our portable unit and i have uh an assistant there and a driver that take me to the different places. We takes about 20 minutes to set up the dental chair and everything, get it going. And we, and we'll, we'll do, um, maybe, um, between, between 25 to 50 patients a day. Now, I don't know if that means anything to you, but to give you some perspective, I see eight patients a day at home in California. So, uh, to see 25 to 50 patients, it's, it's, um, it's a lot of work. And, um, but we're happy to do it. And because when I go to the village, I'm only gonna be there for one day.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And so uh, I just, we need to do them. That's their only chance to get work done. Many times it's the only time they've been to a dentist. And we see a lot of children and we do a lot of fillings and extractions. So, so it's just been a, it's just been a, the traveling is great. We have the host pastor at the little village church uh, many times in these little villages, the uh, Orthodox, um, Russian Orthodox Church is the primary church there. And they don't have a lot of good things to say about evangelical little churches. So this is our chance to be the light mm-hmm. to, that, to that village. And they come in and they get to meet with the pastor and all of the people in the little village come in and we, we do the dentistry for them. That's why I'm happy to do whatever it takes to see everybody that needs to be seen and uh, the and then the pastor and his family they 'll have music for them and work with the kids and and then we uh, uh, through the relationship we've developed a, a method of uh, providing the shoe boxes for those different village churches also, mm-hmm. which is uh, a tremendous uh, uh, way of witnessing to the community so uh, that's the kind of thing that we're we do through this dental ministry, uh, ministry that we I do.
0: Now, when you travel, what do you bring with you, supplies-wise, or do you work with a...
1: Well, in um, Moldova, for instance, where I have a mobile unit, I just bring uh, a little suitcase full of some consumable items like anesthetic, fresh mm-hmm. anesthetic and materials, but we have most of that material there. And then other places I, I go, when I was in Eastern Russia, We worked at a hospital setting and they had the equipment there. Many times I need to bring supplies there, which we're happy to do. Samaritan's Purse is very uh, uh, good about supplying the needs that we need for the dentistry in the different areas. And um, so anyway, um, so it's a little different everywhere I go. I went to Iraq Hmm. and um, at the community center in Northern Iraq, uh, the the head of the community center let the uh, minister, it would be the county minister of health. He let him know an American dentist was coming to do some volunteer work. Mm-hmm. Well, little did we know, but he invited all the dentists in about a hundred mile radius to come to see me. And fortunately, I had my laptop. So I ended up giving a lecture for the whole day to these dentists. Mm-hmm. So I, I had um, many slides and then they asked me to do it a second day. So I was happy to do it. Anything that we could do to help build relationships with the, um, the this county government and our community center there, I'm happy to try to do anything to help improve that relationship. So, um, and then they asked me, uh, the fellows were pretty happy with the lectures. So they asked me if I'd go to a little city, Solomonia, I believe that's the name. And uh, it was about uh, 100 miles away, but uh, as I recall. But they, um, it's the university where the dental school is. And so I ended up going the next couple of days to go there and teach at the dental school with my uh, slides. So it's just interesting. I went there to do dentistry, and I ended up doing uh, public relation kind of mm-hmm. things with a, to help improve uh, relationships with the community. So, and then I did do, finally I got to do some dentistry. So that was kind of fun too. But um, anyway, um, you know what I like it in the evenings, I'll meet with the, the, the um, wherever I go, there's a group of believers and I'll meet with them and go to somebody's home. And it's just so neat. For instance, if um, I'll just use a contemporary song like In Christ Alone,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, it's just neat to to be in a little, somebody's house with 25 30 believers and they they bring out some food and we're all they're all singing and um here i met these people some of them i've I've only known them for 20 minutes and you know it's just that i i feel at one with them i feel like they're family Mm -hmm. and we're we're, we are and we're just because we're, we're in christ together there is one holy spirit Mm-hmm. and uh, uh it's just and and that's the experience i've had in iraq that's the experience i've had moldova and russia uh and it's just wonderful that i i mean i've been to mongolia and when i'm with those people in mongolia it's just like uh i've known them all my life mm-hmm. and uh, it's just a wonderful just a wonderful experience to and and for some reason i hate to say it but <clears throat> in foreign countries the spiritual level of Christianity is so much different than in America.
0: Hmm.
1: It's uh, it's a more serious.
0: We just so apathetic that over there, they're on fire.
1: They're on fire. They're at Hmm. a different level spiritually Hmm. than we are. I just love it when everybody is calling each other brother Hmm. and they call me brother and they, they mean it because I am their brother in Christ. And that's how they refer to each other in Moldova, where I've been there every year for 15 years, I saw those kids, the girl that's my assistant was 14 when she started. She's 28 now, she's got a wow. little baby, she's, she's married. Uh, wow. they, uh, they, the, the kids that were in the youth group still go to the church. I look them, at girl. the youth group that I went to in high school
2: mm-hmm.
1: and out of the, we had a youth group of um, 100 kids. <laughs> and maybe 10 of them still go to church. Mm-hmm. But in this youth group, here we are, 15 years later, uh, they all still attend the church. Uh, they come together. They seem to marry each mm-hmm. other. And um, and uh, they're still active and take it seriously. And it's it just it's just wonderful to see the body of Christ there. Mm-hmm. And I remember in Moldova, I asked my the pastor, I said, well, in 1992, when the wall went down and uh, the communists left. Uh, what, what did you do for church before that? And he said, well, we would um, meet, uh, we would take buses to the edge of the village and we would meet in the forest and we would have church there. I said, but it snows here in the winter. He said, yeah, well, we, we met, it's a two, two and a half hour service. Wow. And they stood
2: Hearty. in the snow, mm-hmm.
1: in the snow or whatever the weather conditions are, were. And that's how they did church before 1992. And uh, it makes me think about our, uh, at home when people complain about it, the temperature being three degrees, a little too hot
2: mm-hmm. or
1: five degrees too cold. And, and, uh, and they, so, you know, you just, you see, we, we, we just don't realize how good we have it here mm-hmm. and how spoiled we really are. and. Um, uh, I w- last month I was in Mongolia and I spoke to a group of doctors uh, one, one night and um, the, it's a group of Christian doctors that meet every week. So there, I think there's about 15 of them, uh, Mongolian doctors. And, and so I started at six o'clock and I, I looked at my watch, it said eight o'clock. Hmm. So I apologized. I said, oh, I didn't realize I'd been talking for two, two hours. They said, oh no, we please keep going? Hmm. keep going. They just wanted me to keep preaching or talking. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was uh, doing a combination of uh, teaching and testimony at the same time for this group. And uh, they just wanted me to go till. Uh, midnight if you mm-hmm. want to, but mm-hmm. it, it just, what a contrast to mm-hmm. uh, being in America. And I see people at 20 minutes after they're looking, mm-hmm. everybody's looking at their watches and mm-hmm. pointing to their watch to the pastor. It's time to, yep. time to wind it up, you know, and here these people are just telling me, just go, go, keep going. And so uh, they were just hungry for the word. Mm-hmm. It was interesting in Mongolia when the wall went down in 1992, also in Mongolia, the Russians were left And uh, they were able The I I noticed that there were so many Korean churches and the Koreans, when the wall went down, the Koreans came into Mongolia as missionaries. And so most of the churches there are Presbyterian churches that came from Korea. So they all have that uh, Presbyterian background and it's uh, very uh, impressive to see. They're all first generation Christians and they're very hungry for the word and it's a, it's a close-knit community of all the believers. They're, they're not, uh, because it's a Hindu nation, uh, they're not liked that much in, uh, politically speaking. So, um, so they, they keep together and they keep tight. And they, uh, it's, I get to see the, um, the pastor just makes one call. He says, uh, we, can you go pick up this brother at the airport? They go pick him up makes another call. We need a couple of cars here. They, pr- people just lend in their car. Uh, if somebody wants to spend the night at the house, somebody will provide that. Everything is just, it's just, um, you know, we. Um, it's idealistic. Mm-hmm. And, and if you are idealistic in America, uh, many times people say, oh, no, well, you're a little too idealistic. That's not real life. But really, I get to see in foreign countries that it is real life. Mm-hmm. Christians are acting the way they're supposed to be acting. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, uh, so actually, and, and, uh, from a spirit, spiritual standpoint, and, um, and I've been to seminary, and I'm um, qualified to teach. And so sometimes you, you have this American uh, mentality that you, well, they probably could learn a lot from me. <laughs> but so... But the, the truth is, is that when I go to these places, I'm the one that learns so, mm-hmm. many, uh, so many more lessons from them. And uh, I'm the one that's benefiting the most hmm. from uh, it, spiritually speaking from the people that I, the brothers and sisters mm-hmm. that I meet around the world.
0: That's one uh, thing I wanted to ask, how has traveling the world and seeing people all over and practicing all over changed your practice back in America?
1: Oh, well, I'm able to share with people mm-hmm. uh, all the time. I get to share with my patients. I get to just tell them about the experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, j- just just to let you know, uh, like, for instance, uh, last month when I... The day I was leaving to... I was leaving at noon to catch my plane, and a, a patient of mine, uh, he's about 80, 80 to, 85 to 90, and he called me up, he broke a tooth, and he asked me if I could take a look at him. And when he came by, he... Um, I I fixed the tooth. It was a simple little thing. And he pulls out a check out of his pocket and he says, you know, I know you go on mission trips and I just wanted to uh, give you um, a little support. Now, it's not the amount that was important. Uh, It was $100 that he gave me. But the point is, is that I I said to him, I said, listen, did, did you did I tell you I was going on a trip today? He Hmm. said, no. I said, so you did not know I was leaving today. Hmm. I'm going to Mongolia on a mission trip. He said, no. I said, well, you know, that's just, that's encouraging to me because, you know, there Mm -hmm. is only one Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. I have the Holy Spirit in me. You have the Holy Spirit in you. And the Holy Spirit knew I was going today. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you're giving me this money, it's just, uh, it's just a confirmation to me that I'm I am in God's will, and uh, many times these little confirmations that I get seems that it comes every trip. Mm-hmm. Somebody a week before or whatever comes in and brings me uh, a little gift to help me because I'm I'm going to be gone for two weeks, and uh, you know that affects my private practice, uh, my income a little bit. But God always has been faithful and provides for me, and I have no complaints. Mm-hmm. Um, about that Um, you know um, so at 17 years old a a missionary came to our church and spoke and at that time uh, I I made a pledge to the Lord that I when I grew up I wanted to serve him and serve him in whatever I do when I grew up
2: Mm -hmm.
1: so that's when I decided to um, pledge to the Lord that I would do that and I know that when you make a pledge to the Lord you're not you're supposed to take it seriously so, um, anyway, um, so, th- so somebody might ask me or want to commend me for going on trips and things, which a lot of secular people want to do that. And they're, they're excited about a gig of, you know, going out and doing something. They just think that's so cool, but it's just that I, I made a pledge to the Lord to do this, to serve him, to give back. And so I don't see it as, um. Um, anything to commend me I think I call it the normal Christian life this mm-hmm. is what we're all supposed mm-hmm. to be doing um, mm-hmm. interesting story is uh, everywhere I do go around the world people will ask me it always comes up so why do you do this why do you do this and and uh, I remember even in North Korea, one of the leaders there, you know, we're not supposed to be bringing up the religion thing, but it doesn't matter because they always bring it up to Mm me. Mm -hmm. They'll ask me, uh, oh, so you have a clinic? I said, yes. Uh, So like when you're here for two weeks or so, who's running the clinic? I said, no one. And and as soon as I say that, they freak out. Hmm. This happened to me in Russia. This happened to me in other places. Hmm. As soon as they say, you mean... You closed your clinic, you're not making any money. Uh, for some reason, they all understand money.
2: Mm-hmm. And they
1: just, they freak out. They just, said, you mean you, nobody's at your office m- making money? You close, and so then you get an opportunity to tell them mm-hmm. that we're here, we're Christians. We believe in, and not just talking about things, but doing things mm-hmm. and showing, doing it in your, doing uh, uh the deeds don't just talk about them, but mm-hmm. be doers of the word. Uh, a, quick, a quick, funny little story is I was, uh, uh, in a cab in Sydney, Australia on the way to Papua New Guinea. And sure enough, the taxi guy, he's a Muslim. So he asked me, uh, well, what are you here for? And I said, well, I'm here to go. I'm on my way to Papua New Guinea and I'm going to do some, uh, missionary work as a christian um to do volunteer work and help as a dentist so oh he said oh that's so commendable and this and that'd be good that's a great thing i said well are you muslim right he said yes so i said are you observing ramadan he said yes i i can't i can't eat today till till um, 10 o'clock i think he said i said so you're you're good muslim he said yeah so i said so you think it's commendable that i'm going to go help I said, you know, the Bible says, take care of the widows and the orphans. So I'm sure your Bible says that too. He said, oh, yes, it does. I said, well, so do you do it? He said, oh, well, well no. I said, but you're, you're doing Ramadan.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: mean, why are you going through Ramadan if you're not really doing what you it says. To, and he said, oh, well, I said, so you, you're a hypocrite, right? <laughs> and he was so shocked. He looked at me, he said, what did you say? I said, you're a hypocrite. So, I mean, you're, you're, you're going through Ramadan and going through all the motions, and, but you're not doing any of it. Mm-hmm. I said, but I don't want you to be offended. I said, don't get me wrong. Many Christians are hypocrites, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. They all go through the motions. They go to church on Sunday. They go to this they, Wednesday night or whatever. And, and none of them do it either. I said, so, so I, I don't want you to. I'm not giving you a lecture. I'm just saying, but don't you think we should be um, a little bit more honest? I mean, he said, but I don't have the time or money to do, uh, be doing this kind of thing. I said, let me ask you a question. Do you have a big screen television at home?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He said, yes, I do. How did you know? I said, well, you do have the money. Mm-hmm. So there's many things you could do. So you do have the money. So, I mean, you're just using that as an excuse. But mm-hmm. so, but I said again, I'm just, I'm not picking on you. I'm saying many of us are hypocrites. But it's time that we started to actually um, do, be doers of the word as the Bible says,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, uh, like um, instead of just talkers. Yes. So anyway, it was, um he, he was so shook up, he missed the turn to the hotel and we had to go another couple of miles to come back to to come back to leave me off. But uh he, he, he said, You you um when we stopped the car he said, Oh, you just have my mind going in circles, he said i d mm-hmm. I'm thinking about what you're saying and I said, Well, I I hope you do think about it mm-hmm. because we well, you know, we wanna be real mm-hmm. about all this. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that was just an interesting story, but... Well, sorry, uh, but, but, but Aileen but we,
0: Coleman just said, we're all evangelists. You know, yeah. We know Christ. We're all evangelists. Yes, We just happen to be... She happens to be a nurse. You happen to be a dentist. Yes. You know, we all happen to have a, a platform that allows us to share the Christ, right, but we're right. not all doing it. We're usually just doing our title of a dentist. So you're... Yes. That's why I wanted to bring you on here because you bring faith in action. You do well, something with well, your...
1: Well, and, uh, and, and you know, Samaritan's Purse is a company that... So many times that I've heard Franklin, different times, different years, and he'll be speaking to the group of um, um, people at Samaritan's Purse, and he'll say, "Just remember that our primary mm-hmm. emphasis here is evangelism. Mm-hmm. It comes first. Uh, the other things are secondary to mm-hmm. the main thing, mm-hmm. which is evangelism." And and I and I just that's why I'm happy to be a part of this. I consider myself a conservative, right wing christian uh uh theologian who takes it seriously and as far as i'm concerned franklin's message franklin takes it seriously and i wouldn't be a part of this if he wasn't anything mm-hmm. but really um, um, extremely um, conservative in his theology and his uh, understanding the authority and word of god
2: mm-hmm. and
1: and he does and so I I love the leadership that he gives to the to mm-hmm. the organization, and um, there is uh, there's just no messing around. Yeah. He does it. We don't have to go through a bunch of committees. We if the need is there, and we Franklin just says, let's get it done.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And
1: uh, and then other nice thing is he say, let's try to have some fun at the same time. Mm-hmm. So we do.
0: And so. speaking to your board time, you you travel for you do dentists as you said you do dentist practice, but yes. you also audit and travel all sites all over the world. You're a very active board member.
1: Well, you- I, I, I try to be. I, um, uh, I really uh, enjoy OCC, and I go to the OCC Connects and, and the other different um, projects that we have going on where I'll try to go to the different meetings where they bring in their international uh, leadership. And I want to I take part. I want to meet the people. I make it a point to... For instance, at OCC Connect, I eat breakfast with the Arabs. I try to learn my Arabic as much (laughs) as I can and I get practice Arabic with them. At lunchtime, I'll go meet with the Russians and practice my Russians with with them. I try to go meet with the Filipinos at dinner. And it's just kind of a neat thing. Um, And again, as we look at the providence of God, (laughs) in my life, He made me, uh, I could just see that as I look at my own life, I'm, uh, I, I come from, I'm so multicultural and I just seem to fit in with all the groups. I go to Iraq, mm-hmm. I could just sit in with those people, feel at home with everybody. I go to, with the Filipinos, I go with the Russians, I go with the uh, Lebanon and I, it's just kind of a neat thing and I, and I just uh, give glory to God on, on how he even made me culturally. Uh, I come from the wrong side of town. Uh, uh, yet I was, uh, in high school, I was, uh, it's just kind of funny how, huh? you know, you look at your life and you, and now that you're old, you can see how it all, mm-hmm. all came together. So I'm from the wrong side of town. Uh, I knew all the hoodlum guys because <laughs> I was raised with them, but I played sports. So I knew the. The jocks, and because I was not in the top English level, I knew the medium kids
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> for my for English classes, but yet in math and science, I was with the top people. so I kind of knew um, the different levels, even in high school. I knew the smart kids, the medium kids, the jocks, and the guys that were uh, nobody hung around with them too much because i was raised with them Mm -hmm. so when i ran for office i always won because i knew knew i knew all the different groups but uh so it just shows you how but now as i look back in my life i see how god used all that to make me uh really multicultural to fit into so many situations and it's just easy for me to do Mm -hmm. it and i'm a little bit extrovert yes so
0: well Felix, thank you for sharing your story. So invited in, um, you know, the audience is, like I said, staff, families, um, faithful supporters, and prayer partners. And so I always like to close. And because you're a board member, you've seen the projects all over the world. We like to partner with prayer. So can you give us a prayer request? How can we pray for the board, those making uh, the leadership decisions? How can we pray for Franklin? Um, How can we pray for the ministry as a whole from your perspective? We'd like to partner.
1: Oh, yes. Well, I... um uh, f- from the leadership, I we of course we um, thanks to Roy Graham and, and the committee that I'm on the uh, field ministry committee. Roy suggested to me one time, why don't we have the um, um, field ministry meet every month, which hmm. we do, and we pray for the organization every month. Hmm. So the field ministry committee meets every month on on a conference call and we pray for the organization. We get a list of prayer requests from every department and we pray for the different things. So we continue to do that. And, uh, impact, um, I would recommend that all, all the different committees would do that same kind of thing Mm -hmm. and that would be good. And we, then we pray for Franklin and his family, and uh, that he would continue to be bold. I've mm-hmm. never seen anybody so bold as Franklin. Every time he's doing an interview, mm-hmm. the, the gospel comes out first, no matter what the question. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think of the weather today, Franklin? Mm-hmm. He said, "Well, mm-hmm. John three sixteen, you know," and he just gives it <laughs> yes. to them. So we we pray for Franklin and his family. We pray for their leadership and wisdom of the organization as it grows. And we see that it's just so, it has grown so much in the last 25 years that I've been involved on the board. And and uh, we just pray that uh, we will never lose the focus of what we're here for, evangelism, mm-hmm. and that we would always continue to put the Lord first in everything that we do, mm-hmm. that we would glorify him in everything. I pray for the staff as it gets bigger, and there's a lot of younger people, and there's a lot of um, uh, new thinking in America today. Uh, with young people which is um it's not really orthodox in many ways a lot of young people think that they don't have to go to church they don't Mm -hmm. they don't understand that the spiritual fight that's taking place so i just pray for the staff that they'll understand the importance that the bible says that even the angels look on the reason the angels look on because the angels aren't aware of salvation it wasn't given for them. It was given for us. And But they look on because they see there's a spiritual football field taking place. And every time we go to church on Sunday, we're gaining five yards.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And people that don't go and don't think it's important, we lost five yards. And they they need to see that there's a spiritual battle taking place. Mm-hmm. This is important that all of us take place. And even though you have devotions every day at, at Samaritan's Purse, it's important that each person there remembers that they're a part of a bigger spiritual battle that's taking place for God's kingdom and uh, we, that we all take it seriously. So anyway, um, those are some of the things that thank I, you. I worry about.
0: Well, so, thank you. Thank you for sharing your heart and your stories. I think it's just great for them to get to know your heart and to yeah, get to know board whatever. members like you that are serving and leading Samaritan's Purse. I mean, God is leading, but God's using your leadership well, so thank I, you for sharing.
1: I just thank God
2: that I'm able to be a part of this great organization. Thank you. So thank well, you thank you much.
0: so much. Okay.